Welcome back to the final episode of our Municipal Spotlight Series. I'm David Kostek. And I'm Jacqueline Cozen with the Connecticut Democratic Party. So election day is nearly upon us. And today we've got a great guest. We've got Peggy Lyons. She's first selectman in Madison running for her first re-election. Oh, she's awesome, Dave. I can't wait for people to hear her conversation. And I think when listening to her talk, I heard a lot about how women lead differently. And I'm very excited for people to keep that in mind when hearing uh, the obstacles she's faced and how she overcame them. Yeah, I, I had not heard Peggy before. I've not met her before. And uh, in the context, in the, in the course of our conversation there, I was just blown away. Uh, yeah. You know, I had this list of questions ready to go. And she's like psychic, apparently, because she knew <laughs> already what I, like, I'm looking at my questions, like disappear one at a time. And she starts talking about what she's going to do in her next term and the challenges and the crises. And da, da, da. I'm like, oh, well, all right, well, we'll just we'll just chat then, I guess. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. No, that, it was it was it was good. All of these have been great. I, we are so lucky for the people we have on our team. We got a deep um, bench. Got a deep yeah, bench for sure, for sure. So oh. I hope everybody enjoys it. This is Peggy Lyons, first selectman of Madison, here on Shattering the Glass Ceiling. Well, it's finally upon us. Election day is here Tuesday, November 2nd. And uh, tonight, today, we're uh, chatting with Madison's first selectman, Peggy Lyons. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Uh, You ran uh, for the first time two years ago and are running for re-election now. Uh, You picked a heck of a two years to start (laughs) your, uh, your, your term as first selectman. Anything eventful happened in those two years? uh... (laughs) Yeah, I was, uh, I uh, definitely was uh, won the lucky ticket here. Um, And it's interesting, because when I'm out on the campaign trail, I talk about I went from change maker, because I ran on a platform of progress and change for the town, Mm. uh, to crisis leader. Mm. Um, and I also often use the term, you know, pivot, not panic, which we've all heard that. Um, and so, um, ironically, I tell the story that, um, my first month in office, I went to a simulation for the regional, uh, emergency operations, uh, team. And they, one of part of the simulation was a global pandemic. And then we no, kind of laughed, really? ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> And then on top of that, they layered on uh, electricity outages across the entire eastern seaboard. So you had to kind of simulate how your emergency operations team would adapt to these different circumstances. And we just all kind of laugh like, oh, power outages and um, and global pandemic. Um, And interestingly enough, during my uh, tenure, we had a double state of emergency for the first time in the town of Madison. And that was after Tropical Storm ECS, where we lost power for five days um, while we also were still in the height of COVID. So um, so those simulations do help. (laughs) And it's good that uh, the state is thinking forward thinking like that about emergencies that can happen. Talk about Um, your town's COVID response a little bit. Um, How did you guys... uh, you know, what, what were your thoughts in, in, in the early days? And then as it began to progress, um, what sort of guided your Madison's approach to uh, managing the crisis? Um, I think that what guided us was, first of all, we have a really good, uh, deep 
bench of experienced leaders in town already. And I think most towns in Connecticut have that. Um, so we have a really uh, experienced emergency operations leader. Um, we have a great uh, chief of police. Um, uh, we also have a, uh, our own health director. Um, and, you know, we have had leadership at our um, uh, public safety and fire departments, too. So we had like a lot of people that had been through crises before. And to me, the most important thing was really getting around the table and making sure everybody was on the same page. Um, I talk a lot on the campaign trail about collaborative leadership. So to me, you learn the most by this experienced people and you try to take the best ideas, come together and make good decisions as a, as a unit. And so I think that was our approach from day one um, with very little assistance from the outside world, to be honest, because everybody was just trying to figure out what to do. How do you tackle this? Um, I think the other thing that we learned really quickly is Madison is not an island um, and, um, and the virus does not know borders. So, it, you know, you, you really need to have a much broader approach to these types of things because People go from Guilford to Madison all the time or Guilford to, you know, Madison to Clinton. Um, and so to have one town have one set of rules and another town have another set of rules for something that doesn't know borders um, really became apparent early on that we really needed to be more unified in our approach. And, and I was grateful that the governor started taking a much more statewide uh um, approach to leading us through this pandemic, because leaving things uh, town by town, even though we, we could still make our decisions and try to make local decisions that were Madison specific, the bigger picture stuff was clearly not town driven. It should, it should be on a, a state and a national basis. We also learned that um, we needed to take more aggressive action on a national basis. Leadership matters. That is definitely uh, what we have seen. And thank you for your leadership during this uh, crazy time, and I'm so happy that you are running for re-election. I'm curious to hear what you're hearing on the doors while you're out door knocking. Um, and what what are people saying about the pandemic? We're seeing that, I think people, there's like a little pandemic fatigue going on out there. But, you know, what are the issues that are on the minds of Madison voters? And, you know, what are their responses to your leadership, which has been, you know, amazing? Well, thank you. Um, I mean, I think most people are very, uh, uh, you know, grateful that we made it, uh, we got through the pandemic and we are where we are right now because we were one of the most highly vaccinated towns in the state, which is also one of the most highly vaccinated states in the nation. Um, and um, our town has kind of gone through a little mini boom. I mean, Madison has become a destination um, during COVID because we have a lot of outdoor amenities. Uh, we have lower density. Um, and I think people started to flock to communities like Madison, and I know that the different parts of the state of Connecticut have also benefited from that. So we've seen um, a lot of new families moving into town that are choosing a different lifestyle now than they might have chosen before. So the town has benefited from that. With that, people want to start focusing on making the town better. Um, and that's what I hear on the doors. Um, we had some uh, big uh, issues that we were trying to address uh, when I got elected, because people were upset that things weren't happening in town, it was pretty much, uh, I, I used the term procrastination and stagnation for a long time. Um, and we kind of kicked the can down the road on a lot of big decisions. And um, and now we're, we're putting those decisions back in the forefront of Madison voters to say, you need, we need to make these decisions in order to move our town forward. And that includes our Madison School Renewal Plan. 
Um, we have not invested adequately in our school buildings for decades. Um, and we have an amazing school district, um, very high success rate in our school district, but our buildings don't reflect that. And if we want to continue to attract uh, families to, to town because of the school th uh, district, and we want to attract talent to lead the school district and to, to teach in the school district, you know, we need to improve our buildings. So that is something that has been an ongoing um, issue for the town now, and people are frustrated and they just want us to make decisions and move on. Um, we also have a, um, uh, a former school building that was closed in 2004 that's in the center of our community near the town green, and it's just been vacant. The town has just been absolutely paralyzed about what to do. We've had, I think, eight different committees um, and then uh, trying to figure it out. And no one can seem to get anything uh, to the people to decide. And so there was a proposal that was come up with uh, right before the election back in 2018 to turn it into a community center. And so I've been very much a proponent of letting people decide in the community center because I think it'll be a great asset to our downtown and, um, and it'll also finally have an answer to this beautiful old historic building that's been vacant and it's kind of been a black hole downtown for us. So I want decisions made on those things. And then the third thing is really our, uh, our beaches. Um, you know, our crown jewels are our schools and beaches. That's why people move to Madison and choose to stay here. And that crosses all demographics. Um, and our beaches, um, you know, we have a number of things. We need to focus on our uh, primary, uh, you know, public facilities that need improvements and then also make them more resilient because of climate change. We're a coastal community and we have not really done enough to prepare for that. Um, and so we're really focusing heavily on preparing us to go after all this federal money that's going to be coming out with these infrastructure bills. So I was excited to see something pass the other day. Um, but Madison is ready to go for it. So we're not going to be trying to tax people to do that. We're going to go after a lot of outside funding so we can address some of the flooding issues in different neighborhoods um, and make our own town facilities more resilient um, and improve them so that they can, because the hundred year storm doesn't happen anymore. It's a 10 year storm. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think it's going to be important that, and I've, I've lived through, I had to pull, uh, order an, uh, an evacuation for a hurricane in August. Um, of our beach community. So these things are happening all the time. Um, now, it's not every, you know, 100 years or even 50 years, it's like every couple of years. So um, that's a, a, probably the other big issue that people are recognizing that the town needs to be more forward thinking and planning for um, those uh, challenging uh, climate change things that are impacting us. The once in a hundred year storm, the once in a hundred year pandemic, the once in a hundred year statewide power outage. How come all of them got to happen at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the good thing is that at least I know I can handle it if it happens again. <laughs> so. yeah, and the, I don't think I can handle it if it happens again, and I don't, I don't even do anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I mean, you learn through experience, right? Um, and um, and I think that, you know, we've uh, learned a lot in the last two years about how to adapt and change and do things differently. You always learn what you did well and you learn what you didn't do so well. And so another thing that I've tried to do in town government is talk about what we didn't do well and try to fix it for the future. And that's something we have done. Simple thing. You know, we had no emergency signs for our own town to put out there. They just would never buy them. They, oh, it's a waste of money. We don't really need them. 
we've used emergency. So we've always had to rent them, which is really expensive, or we've had to borrow them from the region. And so of course, if there's an emergency, the whole region has an emergency. So it was really hard to get. So those are the types of things where I like a year and a half, a year ago, I said, we need to buy these things. This is ridiculous. You know, so we took action and we did that little simple things like that being, we got to learn and improve. We also added a backup system for our internet. We did not have a backup system when we lost power for our internet uh, uh, for town hall, which now everything goes through web portals, you know, so it's, it's no longer spreadsheets and phone calls when you're dealing with Eversource or the state, it's all through portals. So they never put the money in to provide that backup system. So we put the backup system now. Now we know when we have a power outage and we lose internet, which is not often, but it does happen, we're okay. We've got a, a way to access, uh, um, you know, emergency services through that. So, um, so those are things that we learn from our mistakes and try to do better in the future. Um, can you talk a little bit about? Uh, just what the race is looking like. I mean, we, we're seeing boards of ed races all around the state being a lot more competitive than normal. Um, is Madison having the same type of, you know, uh, feverish uh, board of ed race? Do you have uh, that going on affecting uh, your election as well? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'll be honest. I mean, we have a Democratic-led, uh, you know, majority on the board of uh, education. We had in-person learning five days a week for K through eight throughout all of last year. It started in October. We did a hybrid model for a month. We went to um, five days a week in uh, October. Um, that's incredible. There's not a lot of towns that were able to offer that. Now, the high school did, was hybrid, but they did have, you know, which I still think a lot of high schools went distance learning the whole year. The high school, high school stayed hybrid through, I think, March or April. Um, so I think parents here generally have been very pleased with how the schools have managed all this. Um, and I have two children in the school district. I have a, a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. So I lived through this roller coaster ride last year of quarantining because a kid has a sniffle, you know, um, and having to get COVID tested and going through all that. And they were very strict on all those uh, protocols, but it served us well because we never had a staff shortage where we had to close the school because we didn't have staff. Um, and we managed to provide in-person learning for the community. So I think that people are very grateful for that. Um, and, um, and also Madison was named, I think, the only town in the state of Connecticut where learning measures improved during the pandemic. Wow. Wow. Um, that's impressive. So yeah, it, it is. And that's a lot of credit to the, the Board of Ed and also to uh, the teachers and, and to the teachers. And, yeah. and so um, so I don't think there's any, you know, how do you how do you uh, message against that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, so I think that that has kind of kept the dialogue much more positive in terms of how our schools are doing. It, it's unfortunate what we've seen happen in our neighbor Guilford. Um, yeah. I think we see that as a uh, unfortunate uh, foreshadowing of what could come here. And that's why I think this election is critical to ensure that we have people aligned with our values sitting on the Board of Education so that we don't go down that rabbit hole that is happening. Um, so uh, so I'm hopeful uh, that that uh, won't be the case. I think the, um, uh, I think the race here is really not about a different vision or values. It's about um, really just 
uh, personal attacks. That's pretty much what their um, messaging has been. Yeah. Um, it's an anti-incumbent messaging rather than uh, offering a different vision messaging. I ran with offering a different vision um, and, you know, they're, they're, they've just taken a different tactic. Yeah. I just want to reiterate here that in, the, in all of these crises that, that befell you during your first term, you were also supervising an eight and a 10 year old in distance learning situation at their school. Cause all of us who have done that from home know just how crazy that is by itself. So you had like two or three full-time jobs. Uh, Madison, you guys have a superhero as your first selectman. That is just a fact and it's essential to get out and vote and get her reelected. This is Peggy Lyons. Thank you for uh, joining us here today. This is Thank great, so Peggy. Yeah, best of luck, you rock. If you live in Madison, you got to get to the Polson School if you live in District 1 or to Brown Intermediate School if you live in District 2. Those are your polling locations for tomorrow. And if you have your absentee ballot already, let's say you sent in the application and you got the thing and it's been like sitting next to the toaster, that may be a little <laughs> bit of a tell. Mine was sitting next to the toaster. Fill that thing out and get it dropped off at the drop box outside Town Hall. Obviously way too late to mail it. It's got to get to your town clerk by 8 p.m. on Election Day, Tuesday, November 2nd. Yes, and as we have seen over and over again, leadership does matter. And Peggy Lyons has been providing excellent leadership to the town of Madison. You wanna make sure that stays in place. So be sure to get out and vote on Tuesday, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. The polls are open or you know, check out next to your toaster, see if your absentee ballot is like Dave's and hanging out there and get it into the box uh, down at town hall by 8 p.m. on election day. So you know, now that awesome. I think about it, leaving a, a flammable uh, absentee ballot next <laughs> um, to may not have been the best idea. No, I, I like, bet you didn't have coffee yet. That's probably that's right. Why. That's right. And that's true. And in the morning, oh my God, yes. the, yeah. the risk, no the risk. Yet. But I got through it. I made it. And we're making it to election day with you, yes. the listeners. Please get out there and vote. Tell your friends to vote. Tell your enemies. No, don't tell your enemies to vote. Tell your friends <laughs> to vote. And let's do this. Let's deliver a lot of big wins across the state for Democrats. Thanks for listening. Thank you.